Hello? Can anyone around here speak basketball? It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas, and who, good sir, are you? I am the producer. I am Matt Duncan. I'm quite sweaty right now, as you can see on the YouTube link. If you're watching that, uh, no AC here right now, so we're we're doing our best during this heat wave. And uh, Fred, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I yeah. uh, I went from hot to hot. I came back from uh, South Carolina, safe, yeah. uh, but uh, hot. It was hot there, and um, it's imagine. very hot here in Toronto. So uh, you know, we're rocking a heat wave. Yeah, it's been uh, pretty hot. Uh, definitely not South Carolina hot. I mean, I experienced it in May. Well, you got married in May, right? I did get married yeah. in May. So it was pretty hot then. And I remember some locals being like, you wait until August. <laughs> yeah. And, and you were like, how about I'll leave before then? Yeah. Um, because August is unbearable. Uh, uh, it was mostly good. It, it started heating up like hardcore the last couple of days, and uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of you know swimming in hot water. Oh yeah, uh, the ocean the must beach. have been hot, eh? It, it was truly hot. Oh man, soup, um, uh, soupy. Yeah, but uh, thanks everybody for listening to the Kyle Lowry tribute episode. Um, getting a lot of great feedback on it, and we you know we had a lot of fun doing it. From you know the great content of the guests to the little interstitials that we did of, you know, Kyle's press conferences over the past. Uh, I feel like it's something that, you know, maybe you haven't, you're not ready for the Kyle Lowry tribute yet, but it's there for you when you're ready. You know, it'll be there. That's beautiful, Matt. <laughs> um, you were a star. That episode was, uh, you know, dare I say, perhaps our best. Uh, it, it was, uh, you know, such a uh, fun to do and uh, such a great listen. I enjoyed listening to that. Uh, yeah. When when I was away and, um, you know, getting emotional about Kyle. And I think we honored him well. Um, I think so. The uh, the schedule has been released. We know he's coming back on, on February 3rd. Oh and um you know, just to cover the basis here, uh, we are a, a Raptors podcast. We're an yeah. NBA podcast. Uh, we're both uh, comedians and actors, and uh, and just just maniacs. And mm-hmm. um, you know, we're not analysts, but we do know a lot, and uh, we have some analysts on from time to time. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you listening to us, and um, and yeah, all the feedback and growth recently has been uh, major appreciated. Um, Matt, if people want to like you know help us out, go the extra mile. Um, you know, support us in any way. How are they going to do that? You can check us out at dunkspodcast.com. You can also go to the sonarnetwork.com. That is our podcast network that we are a part of. You know, in these episode descriptions, click on the guest's name if you want to, you know, see their their Instagram and their Twitter handles and stuff, as well as other episodes they've been on of our show, as well as other shows on the network. And as well, you know, click our link trees on Instagram 
we've got, you know, links to our YouTube. We've got our Patreon if you would like to join that. If you'd like to shell out a couple of bucks to help us, you know, put towards the production of the show, that would be great. And as well, you know, it's hot. It's real hot to be talking about Tukes, but I'm pretty sure Freddie's got them there still. Still got them. Uh, there's no moth holes in them. They're anti-itch. They're actually might have a cooling sensation. If we, we might put some kind of gel on the inside for hot days like this. You can wear a toque whenever, you know? Be a real jughead out there, if I may say. Yep. Uh, Maddie, that's that's a wonderful toque pitch. Uh, no promises on gel uh, inside the toques. But, um, you know, we do promise that, that they're being taken care of. No moth holes. I can guarantee that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, as long as there's no moth holes. Hell yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, uh, Maddie, I feel like, yeah. you know, should should we get going on this app or what? I think so. I think that would be a great idea. Well, well, God dang it right, as that as that bowling dude said when he won it all and kind of got slurry. Who do you think uh, you are? I am. Yeah, who do you right. think you are? I am. Um, <laughs> shout out, one of the best clips of all time. Uh, oh. But yeah, but before, oh, you know, sorry, I'll say this. Uh, we got amazing guests, uh, uh, Anthony Hall and, and Sheldon Alexander. It's a really fun pod. Mm-hmm. We, um, we talk about, uh, you know, uh, Barnes and, uh, and the hype around OG. Also, the return of the Raptors, uh, best point guard in the league, and um, and who's gonna kind of shoot up and who's gonna drop in the standings? And of course, we do some quickish questions. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think before we get going, I'll, I'll say as I always do: um, defund the police, Black Lives Matter, uh, stop Asian hate, and uh, an elections coming up. Everyone, um, you know, climate change is on the docket. Everything's on the docket. Yeah. Email your city councilors. This is very important. Um, and uh, yeah, know your writing. I'll also add. But uh, yeah. yeah, with that, uh, I feel like we are good to go. Matt, uh, if you feel like we're ready, please just give me those sweet words. Okay. 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 Okay, let's get going here uh, on the pod. I'm very excited to get this going. It's uh, been a little while since we were talking live Raptors ball. Thanks for everyone who listened to our Groat Kyle Lowry episode. Uh, it was very fun, and we appreciate all the feedback. But uh, basketball never sleeps, so let's get going. Uh, guest number one, uh, he's done the pod a bunch of times. Uh, hilarious dude, amazing improviser. Um, you probably know him from... Ming's Dynasty, uh, you might listen to his podcast, Book It Vince. He is also a hardcore ball fan, uh, the ball family, LeVar, LaMelo, LiAngelo now, uh, and Lonzo. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Anthony Hall. <laughs> oh, yeah. The NBA is coming back, and you know two balls are good, but three balls is great. Yeah, man. Um, cheers to the three ball reference. Uh, that <laughs> I, I jumped straight to Total Recall, where the woman has three breasts. <laughs> Don't know why. <laughs> one of them is named Lamello. The other one is named Lonzo. And the third one is Leangelo. <laughs> How you doing, man? Thanks for uh, coming back. 
Uh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm very happy to be back. Obviously, this is one of my favorite podcasts, the guests on. And I love to chop it up with uh, all of y'all about basketball and Raptors specifically. So thank you for having me back. Yeah, man, let's uh, let's chop it up and um, let's bring on guest number two uh, Mm because we need to chop it up quick. Uh, he's amazing. He's done the pod, uh, I think maybe three times now. I feel lucky every time he does it because his basketball knowledge is fantastic. Uh, he made up the ball on blast network and he uh, is known for the wrap it up pod. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone for Sheldon Alexander. I like the gentleman's clap. I like that. I like that. I appreciate that. And then it breaks down, breaks down a little. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I feel uh, like I don't. If- I would also like to say I enjoy everything about the Ball family as well. For the record. Oh, good, good. For good. the record. Okay, I'm gonna have to add that to your intro. Uh, that is- <laughs> there's there's more than one Ball fan, uh, and there, and there's four uh, family members that are famous. So I feel like they need all the fans they can get, right? Hey, it all started with Lavar. Can't forget mm-hmm. about Lavar. LeVar to me is like just I I never even wasted any time disliking him because I was like this guy is pure entertainment like what do you want you know yes if you were getting offended or upset at LeVar Ball that's on you that's a you problem 100% like him and uh, it was a Stephen A. Smith where they that that was like a classic interview straight WWE wrestling promos right yes yes and I mean, I just, think all major sports need overbearing father figures as well, <laughs> just to keep things going. Hold on, Lavar Ball, much more involved and much more entertaining than Mitch Marner's dad, who just yeah <laughs> off the Leafs for nothing. And we hear so much about Mitch Marner's dad, like who cares? Oh, Marner, yeah, about the balls more. <laughs> yeah, did Mitch Marner argue with Stephen A. Smith about how he could easily beat Michael Jordan? Probably not. Nah, nah. Um, Paul Mourner is not arguing that he could beat Wayne Gretzky in a game of one-on-one shinny. I tell you that much. <laughs> he should. That would be fun and weird, you know. Um, okay, let's uh, let's hop right into it and start talking some Raptors ball. Uh, Maddie, I know you're there. I trust you're there. Please, good sir. Please, good sir. Give me your most delicious Raptors sting. Uh, Freddie, Freddie, just before you ask oh. for that sting, uh, I think that I'd like to start the sting off because it's the last time we get to play it. Okay. In honor of one of our great centers that is no longer on the team, if you could, uh, if you got a hat, if you could take it off for the Australian national anthem. This thing goes out to the top undrafted wow. player in Raptors history, Aaron Bynes. Australians all at It's the whole anthem, guys. <laughs> Play the binds. There's part of me that's gonna miss airplanes. I can't lie. Oh, me too. Because also, you know, if we're if we really, really struggle, the Aaron Payne's excuse is kind of gone. Um, and just, just shout out to Matt because I feel like he's officially gone rogue. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, that was amazing. Uh, Aaron Baines, you know, was not amazing. But uh, in all seriousness, I hope he's okay because that uh, the whole Olympic story was very scary. Yeah, that's true. Um, 
And uh, I took it to a serious place. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's um, but shout out to Team Australia, though. What an amazing performance. And Patty Mills, who all of a sudden becomes the best player in the world during uh, the Olympics and any international basketball. The man cannot miss from down under. <laughs> Patty Mills. Yeah, he'll, he'll be a big addition to Brooklyn, I think. Like, like I can mm-hmm. shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's talk some Raptors. Uh, let me go to you first, Sheldon. And um, I just kind of want to get like your your take. I don't know how much uh, summer league you were able to watch, but uh, just just your uh, what you're feeling about Scotty Barnes. Um, obviously, it was the whole Suggs Barnes Barnes thing when he got drafted, uh, but now he's a Raptor, and we're we're seeing him play. Um, so yeah, just let me know what you think about like Barnes uh, and his fit on the team, and then I guess um, if there was any other standouts to you at summer league. So first thing about Summer League, to me, this was the first time in a long time in which I was so excited for Summer League. And I guess it's because the Raptors haven't drafted this high and had a guy that you're expecting to make immediate impact right away. But I was, you know, keeping track of when Summer League was on and kind of scheduling things around to make sure I could watch that. And I think Scotty Barnes... Because of the Suggs-Barnes debate that you just mentioned, that added another level to it. For me, I'll be honest, I can't say I'm like the biggest fan of the Scotty Barnes pick. Not because I think that he's not going to be good, but more so because to me, I I just was hoping that if you get the fourth pick, you're hoping to get a bigger impact player a player that will make a bigger impact on your team, if not right away, but maybe somewhere down the line being like a cornerstone of your franchise. Could he be that? I don't know. Maybe, but people who are telling you they think that now, I think are just lying, right? It's just wishful thinking. So how did he do? I thought he did all right. And to me, I think where he fits into the team, where you could see him fitting into the team, he could be a bench player right away. He could have some impact. I think he'll, he'll be all right. Like, I don't think he's a bust. I don't think that's a thing or right. will be a thing. Um, but overall, I think he had a solid performance to me though. I was more impressed with Malachi because I think that quieted the Suggs talk, at least for me and in my right. group texts of people going crazy ha. Raptors fans, but Malachi Flynn showing you that there was another level in terms of his development is continuing, right? He was able to take charge and it's summer league. So you don't want to take too much, but you expect to see something from summer league. If you're Malachi Flynn coming into that second season where, you know, you're going to get minutes and you're expected to take up a bulk of the backup point guard minutes. Yeah. uh, I mean, I think Malachi is a great answer. And, you know, you, you threw the obvious uh, caveat that it is summer league, um, but I think he looked, you know, very in control. Uh, his shot looked good. I thought, you know, like it was, uh, it seemed like he was doing some nice kind of like teardrop action. He looks super confident. Yeah. Yeah. He looks super confident. And, and I think like, I mean, it's hard to say for sure what rubs off on anyone, but I think Kyle Lowry and Fred tutelage is probably really good. If you're, if you're a point guard that is, you know, gonna get some responsibility he's also not that young so i feel like i I was really encouraged by malachi because it seems it seems like he's ready for for serious backup minutes um i totally agree totally yeah i think that's part of the reason why they didn't take Suggs, right like they just had a lot of confidence in malachi's development that okay Suggs. 
I don't think anyone thinks Suggs is going to be a superstar, right? Like there's hope obviously, but I don't think that's the case. And if you pay attention to how Masai Ujiri and this front office has drafted, they've definitely favored more the long athletic yes. six, eight, six, nine, you know, type of wing player who can kind of do it all. That's how they built this team. So if you're putting up that as opposed to a guard, which in their minds, Fred's undrafted Malachi Flynn, they got in the second round. So if you're Masai, you're looking at the four spot and thinking, well, why do we need to take Suggs here? We can fill that spot somewhere else. Can't I, argue I, with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, just to echo that point, I think you're exactly right. And I think they have confidence in Gary Trent Jr., Fred as the lead uh, point guard, and, and Malachi. And I think they looked at a guy like um, Scotty Barnes and they were like, he can't shoot. Cool. We heard that about OG and we heard that about Pascal. So we can teach him how to shoot. You can't teach someone how to be six nine and have insane dimensions. Um, and and again, like I, I I'm I think Suggs is looks fantastic. Like so I'm I you know I I I'm not one of the people who is like oh yeah Barnes is like a for sure all star since like I, I you know I believe in Masai, believe in Bobby, trust them both. I think they're going to integrate Barnes, and I think you also hit it like he he seems like good enough that like he for sure won't be a bust. He might take some time and he's already good enough to be like a, a key contributor off the bench. Um, and uh, you know, we'll see how long Pascal misses and you know, that, that might be, that might be key as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony, before I say who kind of uh, like Malachi, I think might be like the right choice, but I have like a, someone I'm excited about. So I'll, I'll save it just in case you say it. But um yeah, Anthony, what do you think about Barnes? Uh, what do you think about, um, you know, who else stood out to you? Okay, so I, of course, uh, was on the Suggs wagon as well. I was very, very, very excited for him to be a Toronto Raptor. I followed his last NCAA tournament run. I made a meme of uh, my heart will go on, uh, synced up with his buzzer beater in the ah. NCAA tournament. And I was just so excited to get him. I was firing it off in all my fantasy group chats. I was like, I can't wait for him to be huh. here. And when he made that pick, or when... Uh, Masai made pick and boys and got Barnes. I was like, I can't believe you've done this. My dreams, <laughs> everything just in front of me was shattering. It was like in inception when the world just folds and my dreams and all of these amazing moments of me watching uh, Suggs uh, in, in the flesh at the Scotiabank, they're all just fading away. And it took me a lot of time to, reevaluate my feelings and then watching <laughs> Scotty play and seeing, you know, how much he wants to be in Toronto. Uh, this is appealing more to the emotional side of being uh, a Raptors fan. I think seeing um, his social media presence and how he really wants to get involved with the fans and he's reaching out and he's making fun videos. He's happy. That really makes me come like uh, to his sort of defense when it comes to uh, that pick being him at number four. And he showed immense uh, improvement in his offense. I think already, like I think his shot already looks different from college. And I like that he has um, remarkable length and you're talking about his dimensions. He's got really good defense and I love uh, that. He's got the aggression um, to finish close to the basket. It's not the most consistent, 
Houston right now is something that I don't love, but I think it's there and he wants it. You know, he he wants it. And when he gets those like consistent finishes at the rim, we're going to like that. And when he takes the threes and he makes them, we're going to like that. So <sighs> Barnes, unlimited potential, but I, I am still very, very uh, sad about Suggs not being in a Raptors uni. Fair. Um, is, is there anyone, did, were you able to catch a bunch of Summer League or any? Like, is there any guys that yeah. Yeah, I love watching Summer League because I get to see all of like the lottery picks and uh, some other random dudes that come over from Europe and stuff like that play. Um, and you get to see who might be a contributor in the next season. And for the Raptors, I loved watching Rexdale's finest, the first Canadian yeah. drafted by the Raptors, Delano Blanton. He's He's one of those guys, the 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 plethora of uh, six foot eight, six foot nine players that we now have on the roster where we could just roll out a starting five. There's all six, nine dudes. <laughs> and yeah. that uh, that was really fun. He really impressed me. And um, Ish, Ish Wainwright, um, he came over from Europe and I think he played at Baylor College. Uh, he was really, really good as well. Um, he had a he just had really relentless hustle and that that made me mm-hmm. very very impressed and uh, he played well defensively had some key steals and matt morgan who played on uh raptors 905 last year okay he crushed it he he's a he's a baller too he he reminds me of um sort of like an olympic uh patty mills where he will just like pull up <laughs> from three like pretty much uh limitless range and just like sink him and i think he's going to be a a key guy if he sticks on the the big the big squad um to bring energy and to get some baskets um coming off the bench uh so those are the guys from the raptors that i really really was impressed with in summer league hell yeah and uh, i'll just add to the ish wainwright i think is uh interesting guy like i i I didn't know this happened that much anymore but he also played tight end for Baylor. Uh, he played for their football team. So I'm mm. like, oh, no wonder. Like, because, uh, you know, he doesn't necessarily have that like classic basketball body. Like, he looks like, totally like a truck. And yes. I, was, like, <laughs> I wonder what this guy is like. Why is he so jacked? But um, yeah, also a football player. Um, yeah. And, and I'll, I'll just say um, my guy wasn't named, but mm. uh, it's precious. I think Masai wanted him. And Miami didn't want to give him up. And I feel like I can see why. Like, he can bring the ball up. He looks like, you know, I guess maybe he'll struggle against, you know, the the huge centers in the NBA. But I don't think he's going to struggle defending against anyone else. Like, maybe, again, yeah. you know, uh, I'm trying not to get too high on him. Like, maybe he'll be a foul machine. But he, just the way he just looks like he can do a lot of things. He can face up. Uh, he hit some threes like he just looks like he has a lot of different types of skills so uh the fact that that was Masai's main target um also kind of gives me confidence and um yeah, the the relentless energy too like we have a wicked rebounder we have a lob threat and uh mm-hmm. as a raptor fan i don't remember the last time we really had that like i mean I actually when miami drafted him 
Yeah. And when Miami drafted him, I was I was like pretty heartbroken because I, I thought that he belonged on a, a team that didn't already have a guy like that. Because I remember what I think when I was on this pod, I was like, oh, it's amazing that Miami has two BAMs now. And like, luckily, ha. we we got we got to take him away. And also, he has a bunch of siblings that have incredible names. So shout out to the Achua family, uh, especially God's gift, Achua. Yes, I've uh, I've checked the names. <laughs> like there's it. some there's some pretty incredible names. But wait, Sheldon, were you going to add something on? Um, no, Precious? I was just I was just going to say that I love that you brought up Precious Achua because it's he's almost like the forgotten person of this Raptors off season. And what I mean by that is there's so much focus on Scotty Barnes coming in. There's so much focus on Kyle Lowry leaving. Where in reality, Kyle Lowry was going to leave for free. Right. Right. So Mm -hmm. now you're bringing in someone who most likely will start for the team. And beyond that, I see him falling into that like Raptors fan favorite guy who's going to like rile up the crowd with his energy and heart and, you know, making all those hustle plays that we know the Toronto crowd loves and, and falls for all the time. And just seems to be it's a great story it's a good player and he is still super young so there's room to grow room to develop as well like that's a steal from masai ujiri we will look back on this move of getting precious achua in a sign and trade that you know kyle lowry then probably sorted out from the trade deadline but miami probably didn't want to give up precious they wanted to keep him for the playoff run which they didn't really have but do you know what i mean you got this guy for nothing. That's incredible. That's incredible. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I think like, you know, I mean, uh, watching some, just another summer league shout out, like Tyrese Maxey uh, from Philly, who was rumored. He looked great. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about Tyler Hero. He's also still young, but I, I was, I'm really excited about Precious. He's also 21. So I feel like, and, and I think I'm, I'm not too sure. I'll, I'll correct myself on the next pod if I'm wrong, but. He, he went to Memphis on some kind of like all sports scholarship and wasn't originally even on the basketball team and just like was also still a one and done. So this guy's like a total mm. freak athlete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. OK, Anthony, let's uh, let's move to you or uh, kind of stick with you, actually. Um, and yeah, I just want to I've been seeing a lot of OG stuff, like all the summer videos are coming out. Ben Simmons now OG doing some crossovers uh, and you know, people are talking about him being a breakout player. There's rumors about him being traded, which I think are a bit silly. But uh, yeah, is he like, is he our obvious breakout player? Or is there, you know, is if I am I being cute with this question? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that if we look at the squad, the person who's going to need the to make the biggest jump um, offensively, specifically for the Raptors to experience success this year is going to be OG. Um, I don't think you're getting too cute with the question. I think we also uh, we were singing Malachi Flynn's praises uh, earlier, and I think he needs to also step in and get um, some of those buckets because, you know, Kyle Lowry was. You know, he was a scoring guy. He he would like hoist up key shots at moments where we needed a basket. And I think I don't want to see Fred Van Vliet try to do that all the time. So I think we should like spread that out a bit. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see Gary Trent get his money's worth, you know, like let's let's see him get those baskets to earn that contract. And let's also see who can step in and get some of those um, chances where 
Siakam was, you know, meant to be scoring because like he's out till what, like November. So somebody's got to step in and get buckets. And one of the major problems that I found with the Raptors last year was there wasn't enough scoring from a bunch of people. There was scoring from a few guys. And I think we need to we need to spread out the scoring. And I think everybody has to, you know, pull their weight. And especially the guys who got extensions, like, let's see them get those buckets that's it. Yeah, great, great point. I think I, I feel like our half court offense has been struggling for a little while, and and Trent, yeah, you're getting paid 18 now, and you're basically the only guy you know in the starting lineup that isn't like a, I would say, fairly spectacular defender. So you mm-hmm. better like you better take seven threes a game um, and make them. <laughs> yeah, admit, yeah, exactly. Like yeah, <laughs> because yeah, you're gonna have to shoot a lot and you're gonna have to score a lot, um, which I think he seems pretty down with so um mm. yeah sheldon is uh is there any other like other breakout candidates like do you think OG yeah, is the for, main one yeah for me it's got to be og in the sense that the last few years i feel like we've been hearing oh this is og's breakout year this is og's breakout year and for me personally i've never i'm not on the i'm not the leader of the og bandwagon Right. Right. Like, I think OG's a solid player. I think he's a really good three and D guy. His defense is incredible, but it's time to like see the offensive development now. Right. The consistent scoring. He's done a good job in developing that three point shot to where you almost are surprised now when he misses one of those wide open threes. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you know how the great the Raptors offense is when the ball movement is going and he's always in that spot to get the wide open threes. He's done a great job of being a consistent three-point shooter in that sense but the way that the Raptors team is constructed right now and especially with Pascal Siakam out you need OG Ananobi to score consistently and it's not even so much about a breakout it's just necessity if that doesn't happen this team is back in the lottery that's just what it is especially without Pascal and you mentioned Freddie which is Freddie super interesting to me because last year I was super impressed with them, even though I thought a lot of people weren't because they were paying attention to his numbers, mm-hmm. right? Like his shooting numbers weren't really that good and he'd have some really yeah. ugly shooting games. But to me, the way that I watched Freddie last year was he knew that he had to score in and around 20 points every night to give the team a chance to win. And so mm. that meant forcing up some shots that meant, yes. you know, trying to do a little too much, doing a little bit more than his resume indicates that he's able to do at that point. Right. So if OG does develop, you're, you're moving Freddie back into, you know, Freddie being a guy who can hit those open shots. Freddie's a guy who, you know, doesn't have to initiate every single thing. So the two guys you mentioned, I thought that was perfect. It's OG and Gary Trent Jr. Especially with Pascal not being there, you need to be able to get someone who can create their own shot for someone or sorry for themselves. And I got to see it from OG this year. I, I'm tired of hearing it every year going into a Raptor season. Is this the year OG breaks out? Yeah. It's like, it's time to just see it. Do it. Um, okay. You, you touched on two things I, I like totally agree with. And this is where I was going with this question. Cause I, again, I, you know, I, Anthony, thanks for saying this isn't too cute of a question because I feel like, yeah, here, here's where I'm coming from. I feel like OG is going to get 
better at his role, but I wonder if he'll still be able, if he'll be able to create enough for himself and others. Like, I feel like he's going to be a reliable scorer, but I still see him in the, in the mold of like a, you know, his peak version being some kind of like, you know, Ron Artest, Meta World Peace, like just a out of this world defender and like super solid on offense. But I, I still, I guess I doubt some of the creation. And then, uh, Sheldon, you hit on Fred. And I, I think I think Fred has breakout potential, which might seem weird because he's already like this known guy. But he was almost an all-star last year. He dropped a 54-point game against Orlando. But I really think that he's going to blow up in the assist department. I think he's going to go from six to like nine or ten assists a game. And it's going to be his team even more than Pascal's, uh, especially if Pascal's coming in late. And I just feel like he's going to be, he already is like the, you know, the straw that stirs the drink, but I feel like now he'll be a bit more relaxed. And, and it's not that like playing with Kyle was bad for him, but I feel like now he's going to be the smallest guy in the court at all times. And he's going to have like more lob options. I, I just think that Fred is going to have the full package around him and, I don't know if this is blasphemy for some people, but I feel like some of what you saw from Trey Young in the Atlanta Hawks, you're going to see from Fred. Um, not that high level of offense, but you know, a little bit lower or maybe quite a bit lower on offense, but with incredible point guard defense still. So I, that's why I think Fred for me has, I think he has all-star potential. Um, you know, if the team is, in the playoff hunt. Uh, and, you know, also to your point, I think if OG doesn't show up and, and your point, Anthony, if Trent doesn't show up, we'll, we'll, we'll be struggling to make the playoffs and it's a young team. So I think, you know, people are going to have to be patient or, or they're going to be upset, I think. But um, yeah, let's, let's get a bit silly here. Uh, Maddie D, would you please join us? Um I think uh, I just want to ride the excitement of, of us coming back to Scotiabank. Uh, <laughs> it seems like it's a for sure thing now. Uh, I'm starting to think about like what opening day is going to be like. So I want to hear what you guys, like what you would do if opening day was yours uh, and it, like, like the entertainment was, was on you. Um, yeah. Let's start with, uh, let's start with you, Anthony. Oh, good, 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 good. Is there any question that opening day does not include Drake. He has to be there, right? If he is as Serrano as he says he is, if he really cares about this team, this city, he's going to be there. He's going to light it up, and it's got it's got to be it's got to be Drake. I don't know. That's that's kind of uh, where I'm at for opening day entertainment. And also, yeah. we've been through a hell of a lot through this year. Small businesses, especially uh, Toronto restaurants, have suffered. Let's line up a bunch of food trucks with some of our favorite Toronto restaurants in Jurassic Park. Oh, Let's yeah. have a good old-fashioned party. You can get all the people in Jurassic Park watching the uh, home opener. You can have good food from our Toronto restaurants that we know and love. And Trizzy. Show up, pull up, hang out, just stay a while. <laughs> okay, uh, that's a perfect answer. And my brain immediately went to, if Drake shows up, do you think Kanye and Pusha T will show up too? <laughs> like, there's a chance, right? Like, like There's a know, chance. Because um, I feel like, yeah, things are bubbling. Um, 
Sheldon, yeah, what, what's your perfect like opening day? Like, what, what would yeah, you do? Yeah, I, I totally agree. My answer was going to be the exact same thing because I feel like when you think about how robbed we were from the Raptors championship parade that we never got the Drake performance that was supposed to happen at yes. the end of that parade, and then everything that happened since, <laughs> this whole thing about the team being back home in Toronto in front of fans – the guy never performed at All-Star Weekend, which still doesn't make any sense at all to me. I don't understand how that was a thing that happened. So now you're coming back after a year not being in Toronto. How does he not hit us with a little performance? It could be close to album time. I mean, he's delayed the album for how long anyways? What better yeah. way to promote the album could you come up with than, hey, we're going to promote whatever the lead tr- single is to start off the Raptors game, to start off the Raptors season, to, you know, do the player intros or whatever it is. I just think there's such an opportunity there and it's such a big deal because we know what this fan base is like. And we also remember how crappy it was to watch the team play in Orlando last year. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it was so terrible. That was so, or sorry, in Tampa, sorry, Orlando. Um, in Tampa, right? Like it was so bad. So they got to come up with something big. I saw what the Jays did for their first game back. And I thought that was, that was all right. Like that was cool. It wasn't, you know, they just had a cool video, had them come out of center field, all that. Like it looked cool, but you need something a little bigger. Like let's bring out Drake and the Beebs or something like bring out all the stops, all the Toronto legends, the weekend, everybody bring out everybody. (laughs) Bring them out a hundred percent, and and yeah, like I feel like the weekend he hasn't integrated himself. Uh, or I mean, I guess he's kind of like he's like well, he was already big, but it almost seems like he's like super blown up since we've been away, right? Because he had the last Super Bowl. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's a pretty perfect answer. I feel like Matt. Uh, pressure's on you, but I, I know it's going to be super silly with you. I imagine Chuck Hayes will be involved. Uh, maybe Snowblower, I don't know. Uh, what's up, Matt? What's okay. your perfect opening day? This is what I would do. Okay, now, all the fans are in there. Fred, you won the, the lottery to choose whatever tickets, you know, your season seats. You're going to game one. You're excited. Oh, yeah. Freddie, you're there. You're waiting. Everybody's everyone's waiting for the team to come out. They haven't even come out to practice. It's just the other team they're practicing. Where is the team? They're not there. Okay. Goes dark. On the screen, we see the whole team. They're on a roller coaster. And on the front of that roller coaster, it says Bush Gardens. Everyone starts booing. They're pissed. Oh, no, they're back in Tampa again. They said they were playing here. And then Masai <laughs> crawls onto the front of the roller coaster, rips off the Bush Gardens, and reveals that it's the Leviathan from Wonderland. And then this roller coaster goes off the rails. It's sailing down the 400, merging onto the 401 to the DVP, and they come right into the arena in the Leviathan roller coaster. Get off! Start taking shots. And uh, and then the other thing I'll just say is Sorter Swarm is free all night for the fans. <laughs> no, that's for me. Sorter Swarm is free for me. Um, and in the spirit of Drake, I feel like you named a lot of uh, Toronto locations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Beautiful. Well, yeah, I, that, mine's maybe the worst answer, but uh, I just feel like I have to go to Masai's press conference. And like every time I watch that guy speak, it's just like nonstop inspirational quotes. So, I mean, 
you know, I thought I'd throw this out for you too, uh, Anthony, a little bit of a uh, wrestling, you know, maybe you have like uh, the inflatable Raptor comes out and they bring out like some kind of like, uh, like a mock uh, police officer, like, like that guy who was in Oakland and Masai just comes out and gives him like a full <laughs> rock bottom like, <laughs> right in the middle and does like the people's elbow, but like runs the whole length, like the whole 90 oh, yeah. feet. <laughs> Drops an elbow. Maybe that guy can like disappear into the earth or something, or, <laughs> you know, whatever. But then after that, Masai just starts looking at random people in the crowd and giving them inspirational quotes. Yeah, uh, that's, that's I, I just feel like he could he could just do some like some, you know, inspirational poetry for like 10 minutes. And uh, that's that's what I would want. Um and I mean, yeah, but mine's probably the worst, but I'll throw in some sort of shawarma for me too. Okay? Osmos. Osmos all night, everybody. Uh, yeah, some Osmos. Uh, no, I want to make everyone sick. Yeah, Norm comes back. One night only. <laughs> Osmos all night. Let's go. Chicken on the rocks. Let's go. Understanding the grind of Osmos. Um <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, I, I think we're good to uh, move on, talk some uh, NBA. Uh, I always mess this part up, but um, Maddie, do, do I need to do a little bit of a sting here or pause or what? <laughs> yeah, just uh, let's take a quick break and then you can ask for a sting. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> and we took the break. <laughs> okay, Maddie, please, good sir, give me your most delicious. Uh, Adam Silver sounding foghorn, whatever you got. Sting. This is Adam Silver. Meow. Oh, National, National Basketball, Basketball Association. Association. <laughs> I feel like Matt just waits for me to. <laughs> To, to jump the gun and then he throws in the national or, or, or the R, or the RTZ sound effect. Um, yeah, this uh, I think is actually uh, this question is more interesting than um, I thought, even when I originally asked it, because I feel like it's fairly debatable. Um, let's go to you first, uh, Sheldon. Yeah. Who do you think is the best point guard in the NBA? So, I know the right answer is probably Steph Curry, but I'm always going to go with Dame over Steph. I'm always going to go with, I know people are going to hate on me, hate on me for this answer, but I will die on this hill. I'll always go with Russ as well. Oh my God, um, I love it. Here's my thing. Dame Lillard, right? If Dame Lillard was on, like we saw last season, what Steph could do without clay. He mm -hmm. almost dragged that team into the playoffs on his own, which is something that I didn't think was possible. But here's the thing. We've seen Dame Lillard already do that and get a team into the playoffs and, yeah. in fact, win around in the playoffs with C.J. McCollum being the best player on his team. We've already seen Russell Westbrook get a team that was worse than the Golden State team last year and get a team into the playoffs. So, I mean – Steph's numbers were great last year and it was great to see it closed the gap I'll say but is there anything more entertaining in the NBA right now than Dame time like if that gets sent out in the group text hey the Blazers are down six with two minutes left and Dame just hit back-to-back -back threes 
Aren't you dropping everything that's going on right now to turn on, flip over to the game to see Dame time? Nothing better in the NBA right now than Dame time. Yeah, I uh, I have a backup, but uh, my answer was also Dame, and I did the Steph Dame debate, and I re you know I really yeah you'll see my my backup I feel like is a bit of a stretch, but uh, I, I can't help but agree with you. Dame is just he's just ridiculous, and I feel like. Your, your point with Steph is well taken too, as far as like his team, because there's a lot of redundancy uh, on the Blazers. Um, and I think I'm not a fan of like blowing up or trading good players just because you're desperate. But I do think that, uh, you know, CJ Norm, even, you know, to, to a lesser degree are they're, they're score first people. And I think yeah. I just would, I would really like to see Dame, with a bunch of defenders or like, you know, just, just, yeah. Cause he's got the scoring. Like he's got that, like he can, he could do that. And um, I think he is the best point guard in the NBA. You know, I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's other kind of cute answers. Uh, I got one, but um, Anthony, let's go to you first. Are you, are you Dame as well? Or do you got somebody else? Um, I think I am Dame over Steph as well, but I have a cute answer for this. I'm uh, unapologetically a Chris Paul fan, and Ooh. I think no matter what team he goes to, he elevates them to a level that is not possible without Chris Paul. And we saw that last year with Phoenix. We saw that when he was in OKC. We've seen that when he was um, with uh, the guys of the Clippers like... Come on. Like, yeah, he, yeah, he, he's amazing. He facilitates. He um, helps sort of um, enhance the offensive talents of all the people that are around him. Like, is there any doubt that Chris Paul is one of the elite point guards in the league? I don't know if there is. And he's he's my fave to watch. And, and I love to see uh, the supporting cast that is, is around him. And uh, I'm surprised that he didn't go anywhere else uh, to, to see if he could. Uh, you know, have another reclamation project, but I think he wants to give the Suns another crack and I'm excited to see what he brings. Okay. We all must be very in sync because my cute answer was Chris Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, Well, I I, I think the reason I I chose Dame is because I I just feel like, is Chris Paul really going to do that again? Uh, You know, that's my own, but I mean, I'm just like doubting him at this point and I've said it so many times on the podcast, but he's one of my best basketball lessons because I was just triumphantly wrong when it was the uh, Duran Williams, uh, Chris Paul debate. I told a bunch of people that I thought Williams was better and would be better. (laughs) So it's just like a, it's a triumphantly bad take. That's ages worse. Every time Chris Paul plays more. Um, And yeah, I mean, to watch what he did with OKC and be like, wow, that's crazy. Swan song. And then be like, oh, actually, not at all. He's and, and also that he chose to go to Phoenix and made it work. You know, yeah, all, all your points are just, you know, well said. Like he this guy is an absolute winner. Uh, people forget that, you know, the team that came the closest to beating the full strength Warriors was him and Harden and the Rockets. And he got injured like it's I mean, you know, the Warriors like I'm, I'm not a big like excuse maker injury in the playoffs like I. For instance, I think the Raptors earned their title and the Warriors earned their title that year. And, you know, health is part of the game. But, man, the Rockets look good. And they I feel like they really could have beat them. Uh, not saying they would, 
but yeah, Chris Paul, just incredible game manager. Um, and, you know, we were talking about it uh, earlier, but I think, you know, Luka Doncic deserves some love here. Uh, but um, I don't know if we're all kind of like just a bit, a bit wait and see on Doncic. Like he's been amazing in the playoffs, but I feel like, um, you know, it does kind of hurt when you haven't gotten past the first round yet. But um, yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have anything to add on, on, on the Doncic thing? Like, is he yeah. in this conversation? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was wondering if we do consider him a point guard, but I mean, if he is the, the primary ball handler, the guy who's facilitating most of the plays uh, on offense, then I suppose that he uh, is a point guard. I also would like to say that he pretty much single-handedly dragged the Slovenian national team to uh, yeah. the depths of the Olympic basketball uh, tournament. So, I mean, that's uh, that says something for itself. I mean... Not to discount any of the other very talented Slovenian basketball athletes, but you got Luka Doncic and you got to hitch your trailer to Luka and let him drag you to the destination. I love your international shout outs. I'm waiting for you to shout out Fournier going off for France. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, it's so fun to see NBA players internationally because they're usually like featured quite heavily and you can kind of see them do so much more. And it just reminds you like, wow, the NBA is crazy talented and, you know, at times political because it's about how you run the offense, who you run it through. People are counting their touches. Uh, and, um, you know, to, to Sheldon's point earlier, uh, just like throwing out some love for Russ. I'm one of the people who, you know, especially as this goes further along, like I don't really think it's going to go poorly. Uh, I feel like Russ is a, is a really good player that at some point people kind of turned on, you know, perhaps because he's not one, a top five or ten player anymore. But I, I don't know. He's really, really good, even, you know, in, in Washington. And I, and I guess, you know, there's efficiency issues, of course, but uh I'm excited to see what the Lakers can do. And uh, I think Russ is going to have a good season. Um, but uh, uh, Anthony, let's stick with you for this last question before we, we do the uh, quickish questions. And uh, it's just like a, you know, a, a turnaround question. I'm looking at the standings now. Um, yeah. Who do you think is going to have like the biggest turnaround, like bad or good? Mm, okay. So uh, I'll give you, I'll give you my uh, quick uh, answers. Um, the, I think the team that might actually be uh, the worst next year f- compared to this year is the Sixers because if they don't figure out this Ben Simmons stuff, that's going to be a huge distraction on them. And if he takes the court and he's not trying and he uh, basically makes Embiid look bad, like that could go real, real south real fast. Um, and then the team, I think, is going to make the most drastic change in the positive direction is the team that added Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan in the offseason. That is the Chicago Bulls, baby. Let me tell you this starting five in my mind. We got Lonzo. We got DeRozan. We got Zach Levine. We got Vucevic. We got Patrick Williams. Sounds like a team that can uh, win some games if, uh, if you're asking me. Yeah, and, and, and I know people are talking about the Bulls' defense, but uh, I mean, I think I just started looking into some of the Florida guys because of Barnes, and Patrick Williams can defend. That guy mm-hmm. can really defend, and I, I think that's kind of seems to be like what Florida really produces. 
um, you know, I don't know if that dates all the way back to, uh, you know, Noah and Horford, but um, yeah, Florida, Florida guys can play some D for sure. Um, I, I like those answers. I feel like, yeah, maybe we'll both do like a positive negative because it's, it's too fun. Um, Sheldon, if that's putting you too much on the spot and you only got one answer, that, that's cool too. But uh, no, I mean, yeah, it's funny because my one answer was the Sixers and it's mostly from the viewpoint of I'm very anti Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid to me has never been held. Like when was, when is Joel Embiid going to be healthy for a full season in playoffs? Right. Like it's, it's not going to happen. And so now he re ups on this new contract. You add in what you said with the Ben Simmons stuff, which even if they make a trade at this point, okay, so you're bringing in someone brand new. I'm just waiting every year and I'm knocking on wood because I don't want to see someone get hurt. But that Joel Embiid injury, like his injury uh, health or injury consistency, like it's just going to get even worse the older that he gets. And if last year was his best MVP year and we still saw him break down in the middle of the regular season, he came back, he played okay in the playoffs. He played well. Right. But let's be honest. If it wasn't for Ben Simmons's just no shows, Mm -hmm. did Joel Embiid really play that well? Like he played okay, but it's still not to the level that we're being told Joel Embiid, the all-star or the not all-star regular season MVP contender that everyone was selling us for the whole year. I just don't buy it. And so if they're now building their team around Joel Embiid, yeah, that's not going to go well. And eventually it's going to catch up to the Sixers and their process will officially be dead soon. Ooh, I love any jab at the process. I truly do. (laughs) Uh, Especially since, um, you know, I remember the Riggin for Wiggins year And, you know, for people who tout the process, it's like we have like in that time had the best time ever and won a championship. So your process is is not not selling me uh, as as a tortured fan, you know, who got got a ring. Look at the guys who they got. They got Joel Embiid only because he was hurt in college. So he fell to them in the draft. Right. Ben Simmons, they're about to trade because he's still afraid to shoot. Markel Fultz was their other number one pick who they already traded off. So like, what was the process? Really? Yeah. I th- what it was, was it? You lost to the Hawks. Mess. That's embarrassing. Like, let's really break <laughs> this down. What happened in the playoffs last year? They lost to the Atlanta Hawks. And I know that Trey Young was a great, like happy story. And it was cool was to awesome, see. Yeah. yeah. It was cool to see. We were all happy to see it, but you can't lose to the Atlanta Hawks in the play. Like, nah, they're not there yet. The Hawks aren't there yet. That's whack. Joel Embiid got lucky that Ben Simmons no showed. Uh, I think I think this uh, Embiid critique is is a bit new for me because I feel like people aren't aren't critiquing Embiid too much. But it's I don't know. I can only say it's fair because if you're that level, you know they were first in the East. Like even the fact that it got to seven games. You know, there were some pretty epic collapses on the way. And, I, you know, I know mm-hmm. people have some, you know, criticism of Doc Rivers and tight games, whatever. If you're Embiid and, you know, you're you're kind of like exuding like I'm an MVP, it's like, well, that was absolutely not what an MVP would do. Uh, you know, I can't imagine the critique uh, on Giannis if, if you were to lose to a team like the Hawks. Um, well, those first half, second half splits in the games at the Sixers blew – Embiid was horrible in the second half, right? Like we forget that now again, because we keep seeing the highlight of Ben Simmons 
being yeah. afraid to dunk under the basket. But Joel Embiid in the second half of a bunch of those games they blew to the Hawks did not play well at all. Yeah, no, I, I think that's totally fair. Um, so mine uh, are basically, you know, I think this might be, okay, I want to say the Raptors because I just don't think they're going to have 27 wins again. Like I feel like there was a lot of contributing factors to them being having that kind of record. However, I don't know if they'll like make a, like a much enough of a jump. And plus it's, we already talked rappers. I don't want to be too homery. I think that, uh, I think that the wolves might finally, I don't know, make it to the play in, which would be a huge improvement for them. Uh, I think I've never been uh, as low on towns as, as so many others. I think he had a remarkably unlucky year last year and, and sad year as well. And, um, you know, I also I also like the young guy I like uh, I like Edwards and uh, I think I think Russell maybe is a bit you know not fitting to be like the main ball handler guy but you know we've seen him light it up before and I, I think Minnesota you know it's the West so I, I'm hesitant to say that they'll actually have a really good record but I, I could see them being like a very improved team that's a, a little less of a joke and. Um, for for my team that's going to drop also in the west uh i think it's the clippers and i think i'm just going to say like i doubt that Kawhi's going to rush back and i doubt that when he does come back he's going to uh play every game and i feel like that's going to be incredibly difficult in the west uh when you have a guy like Kawhi that i don't know you know if it's an 82 game season like uh, how many games is he going to play? Like 30, 25, like, you know, ACL. I mean, he, we know he doesn't take, you know, his injuries lightly. And we also know he's not going to rush back for anyone. So I, I think a lot's going to be on PG. Looks like a Ibaka, uh, is also kind of, you know, banged up and his back. He, I don't know if he's having surgery. I, I just think the West is really, really competitive. And um, yeah, I, I'm not sure about the Clippers and, you know, they got Bledsoe. I'm not sure if he'll help either. I, I, I just don't see where the high-level competition is coming from the Clippers. Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't make the playoffs. And I, I feel like that's a, maybe a wild take, but um, the, Kawhi is just a really, really important player on your team to miss for such a massive chunk of the season. Yeah, it's uh, all on Paul George and, and your boy Reggie Jackson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, you know, shout out to uh, Paul George was, I think it was a bunch of guys who kind of proved themselves in the playoffs who people have been like kind of, you know, talking shit about. And and Paul George was amazing. I thought Paul George was incredible. But yeah, again, the West is just so competitive and there's a lot of teams coming. So uh, I, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, so Minnesota for me uh, and uh, and the Clippers. But um yeah, let's uh, let's get a little bit silly again and and do some uh, quickish questions. Uh, what's up, you guys? Ready for some quickish questions? Oh hell yeah! yeah. Sure. Why why not? Why, why not? not right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Maddie, uh, hit me with that quickish questions sting. Quickish questions. Okay, uh, Maddie's gonna pop in here. Um, I don't know if his AC's working. Oh no, <laughs> he's, <sweating. laughs> he's ready. Uh, 
I am uh, going to ask you some questions as quick as I possibly can. I might stutter, slur, get confused, misread a comma. That's okay. You have to answer as quick, quickly as you possibly can. Uh, no phoning a friend. Uh, no repeating the question back to me, Matt. Or no repeating the question. Or checking if the AC works. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just being a dick to Matt. He's the best. Uh, okay, let's do... Um, yeah, let's do Sheldon. Uh, yeah, well, we'll do Sheldon, Anthony, Matt. Okay. Um, okay, let's go. Sheldon, favorite Kobe moment? Ooh, uh, the game winner in the playoffs against the Phoenix Suns, where he hits that game winner, pulls the jersey aside, and just starts beating the chest. That was just incredible. It was insane. I love you, Steve Nash. Sorry you had to deal with that. Um, <laughs> that was a tough one. It was a tough one. Um, Anthony, how many points should a dunk actually be worth? Mm. This is tough. I think if it's a highlight-worthy dunk, it should be worth four points. Okay. Whoa. I like that. Uh, <laughs> if you get a windmill like from the foul line, I'm giving you four points. Fair. Uh, Maddie, uh, I yeah. always tell people I'll read every question, and I think this is a, a perhaps a poor attempt at a troll, but I'm going for it anyways. Okay. Um, and I know you love Chuck Hayes, so yeah. uh, <laughs> how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? <laughs> how much wood could a woodchuck... A... <laughs> oh, boy. Um... That's a great question. I think uh, I'm going to say two chords. Okay. Wow. Uh, thanks for taking that question so seriously. <laughs> uh, Sheldon, who from the Raptors impressed you the most in uh, in Summer League? I guess we, we touched on it a bit, but uh, is there anybody else? I'm sticking with Malachi. Everyone else, because everyone else, it's like... You know, at least when Malachi was playing, he was playing against the other teams, like top prospects. You know, like mm -hmm. when you're playing against the Knicks, you're playing against Quickly, who's also going to get major burns in the NBA. Uh, once you get past that and you're talking about the benches of Summer League, I'm kind of like, uh, <laughs> not sure how much I'm going to, how much stock I'm going to put into that. So I'm going to stick with Malachi <laughs> Flynn and say that he impressed me the most. Very fair. Mm. Uh, Anthony. If we can watch live games at the Scotiabank Arena again this coming season, which game would you buy tickets to? Uh, the Kyle Lowry comeback, hands down. I wanna, I wanna see there that game. Uh, I wanna see the comeback of Toronto's big booty, Kyle Lowry. <laughs> February third, we'll all want to be there. Uh, yeah, mark the calendars. Uh, mark it down, um, Maddie. Yes. Are you satisfied with the Raptors lineup? Uh, if not, what changes do you think should be made? Um, you know, I am pretty satisfied. I think that the team being healthy and Siakam coming back, I think it'd be fun to see what this team could do. I would like, I don't know. I like, I like that we have Kem Birch and, and Precious at, at center and stuff. It's like, give him a shot. Cause like, I think that I think we can wait before we have to make all these kind of crazy adjustments with, you know, a very busy, uh, Eastern conference now. So, you know Fair. what I mean? 
Um, well, there's two questions left, so I think I'm just going to make them both a double double all play. Oh. So uh, let's do this. Uh, Sheldon, will we make any more moves? Ooh. Uh, no, I think this is a team they're going in with. Um, someone leaked the whole Siakam trade rumor stuff is done. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this is a squad for this season, at least, until the trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, will we make more moves? Mm, I don't think so, but in my mind, in a fantasy of mine, we trade for Damian Lillard. I don't know how it works, but Dame time is coming to the six, Whoa. baby. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, that would be trade the everybody. best. Yeah, t- yeah I, trade everybody. <laughs> we'd have to trade a lot of people, but it would be worth it. Um, Maddie, will we make any more moves? Uh, yes, but I do agree that we're going into the season with this team. And I think that I do think it will, there will be some kind of move before the trade deadline, but, um, I'm not, you know, I just feel like Masai's got something up his sleeve a little bit here. So I'm going to say by like November, December, there'll be like something. Okay. Yeah. Okay? I'm kind of feeling that too. Some, some tinkering perhaps. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, here, here's our last, uh, our last all play, uh, Sheldon. Give us the elevator pitch for a basketball movie you want to make. Ooh. Ooh. First off, sorry. I'm going to change my previous answer and say, yes, they're going to trade Goran Dragic. Like, what's yes. Oh, yeah. Dragic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, I totally know. forgot he was on the team. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I forgot that, about him. But it's because we've already programmed into our minds that he's going to Dallas <laughs> in that deal. Yeah. But, yes. Oh, um, my God. So, the elevator pitch for the movie that I would want to make. Um, I want to see the modern day He Got Game. So wow. it's like he got game two. He got game two, but for this generation, the millennial generation. So you're adding in things like what would social media be like for Jesus Shuttlesworth as this high school superstar yes. going on all these recruiting trips? And what would that be like? Uh, what would it be like his relationship with wow. his dad in this era now where the dad would have this huge disconnect with his son who's so emotional listening to Drake's Marvin Room and all that. Uh, (laughs) How would that work? All these different things. He got game 2.0. I love it. Uh, That's that's amazing. Uh, Anthony, what's your your elevator pitch basketball movie? Okay, uh, may I have two, please? They're very quick. (laughs) Yeah, I like it. I like it. Okay, my first one, I've mentioned this previously on the podcast. I would like to see uh, Safdie Brothers directed uh, Uncut Gems style movie of Dennis Rodman's Vegas Weekend. We got Queen Electra. We got uh, all of the celebrities uh, around that time partying with Dennis as he gets all of his bad juju out before getting another championship. So that is one of them. Uh, Rodman Uncut Gems. The second one is an NBA uh, Mighty Ducks. So we get a uh, basically uh, a highly (laughs) touted uh, recruit or a um, a man who is part of um, maybe like a Michigan team or something like that. Uh, (laughs) He he misses the last shot of the the NCAA tournament, his life is in ruins. He maybe gets a DUI and he has to, he's sent to like uh, a rural town in Michigan where he has to put together a high school basketball team that has lost every game in the previous season and he, he tries to win the state championship with them. So, boom. Uh, basketball <laughs> Mighty Ducks and Rodman Gems. We got it. Wow. Make them. Uh, studios, call me. I'm available. 
Wow. Um, uh, uncut worm. <laughs> uncut worm. Yes. Oh that would be, I mean, that you guys' ideas are, are fantastic. Uh, Maddie, what's up? Uh, well, Anthony, you did uh, take a little bit of my idea because my first thought was a Dennis Rodman biopic. I would love to see that. Like, uh, let's cover let's cover all the bases, you know, the Vegas weekend, him growing up, uh, playing for the Pistons, all of it. Um, but the other thing that I would like to see is uh, remember the cartoon show when some of us were kids, maybe uh, that I, I can't remember if it was called pro shots or whatever but it was michael jordan wayne gretzky and what was it called oh yeah was pro it pro stars. shots pro stars pro stars i think <laughs> i feel i can't really remember it's something like that yeah. so it's 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 uh live action and we're getting the real guys i want wayne gretzky michael jordan and bo jackson to Dude, do Bo jackson right what's that it was bo jackson was the other guy right yeah bo jackson so the, those three guys uh, doing like a live action uh, remake of that show now as like old dudes. Uh, I love it. Live action too would be very funny. <laughs> um, I'm just going to offer mine with no explanation. Uh, Flubber 2 basketball game on Mars. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of That's course. Mine. <laughs> That's mine. More uh, flubber for you always. <laughs> oh man don't worry about it lots of flubber uh guys that's that's it we made it to the end of the pod uh thank you so much for joining us uh thanks for uh, everyone who's been listening supporting we really really appreciate it uh and um yeah uh, all the good feedback uh or the positive feedback about the kyle lowry episode we also appreciate uh mm-hmm. let me go to um you first anthony uh what's up what are you doing um what do you want people to know about all right. Well, uh, something very exciting is uh, I've been working on a podcast with a team of very, very talented people that is launching August 30th uh, on the Sonar Network. It's a podcast about food and comedy called Bites and Bits. It's hosted by two amazing comedians, Matt nice. Malin and Hisham Kaladi, yeah. uh, with music by Ryan Sheedy and produced by Aaron Conway. Um, I've been writing on the show, coming up with some segments. Uh, it's a wonderful balance uh, and pairing of comedy. Uh, all of the fun things that comedians think of uh, and all of the bits and some bites, some really amazing Toronto food being featured uh, in the podcast. And we talk about uh, cooking. We talk about uh, recipes. We talk about all of the things uh, food related. So uh, keep your eyes peeled. That's uh, August 30th for bites and bits on the Sonar Network. Amazing. Oh, what a, what welcome to the Sonar. Okay. Yeah. Welcome. It's going to be fantastic. Um, yeah, Sheldon, what's up? What can, what do you want people to know about? Uh, so we got the On Blast Podcast Network is where you can find everything. We got uh, our Raptors pod, which should be coming back again this season. Wrap it up. Uh, we got basketball pods, football pods. We have like an MTV challenge podcast, bunch of stuff we got there. <laughs> nice. And then we got the normal day job. I mean, basketball, the Raptors are about to pick back up. So uh, yep. the day job, we're doing the openings for the Raptors broadcast this year. So that should be a lot of fun trying to do a bunch of different things, integrate some Toronto music into that and all that so yes. that should be fun lots going on shit man well uh you, thank you so much like i always appreciate you doing the pod and uh yeah and you're, you're busy and uh everyone please check out uh, everything sheldon's doing check out everything anthony's doing uh maddie i think that's it for us and thanks again to everyone else uh if you feel like we're 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 done and we're good to go please sir just give me those sweet words okay oh 
Kurt.